Hello. So we're back. That was a that was a show. That was a show. Uh, we. <laughs> it's late, um, and a lot has happened. I guess. Um, but what do you mean a lot has happened? It's the game. I mean, a lot was shown off at the game yeah, awards. Yeah, a lot like, was shown off. You make it sound like. Something life-changing has happened. <laughs> Something life-changing has happened. It happened upstairs. The like creator that. of Silent Hill, the composer for Silent Hill, and Vagina Mouth, the the action game. Splitterhead. There was way more that <laughs> happened outside of that. But, yeah, that was, that was a different... I, I went in this year with the Game Awards not knowing what to expect. Yeah, simply because, like, I knew going into 2021 after everything with COVID last year and developers having to develop games remotely, almost, like, on the spot, any game that was being developed last year, even in development last year, was going to um, – we, were, we weren't going to see the effects last year. We were going to see effects of those games this year, plain and simple. So it was hard for me to kind of digest what – games we would see just in general let alone the game awards and i think we saw a result of that like especially with the nominees um this game of the year for example i mean we had it was such an array you know so we had death loop metroid dread uh resident evil village ratchet and clank and was psychonauts in there yeah psychonauts too yeah um game it takes two it takes two yes who who won um (laughs) yeah that was that, up. that was a huge surprise, I think. But see, that's what I mean. So, like, these are it was such a different feel to each game. No yeah. two games were alike. Where we've gone from years of like just big, massive AAA successes to, while not to shy away from the fact that these games that are tri- most of them were AAA successes, mm-hmm. they just aren't. These games aren't your God of Wars. They're not your Red Dead Redemptions. Yeah. They're not your Witcher 3s. Like, not to say these games are bad. They're just, when you, if you were to put those games up against those games of that year, you probably still leaned who won those years. Yeah. It, and it's not, again, not the bad thing. It's just different. It's not what you expect. This is a year where, like, it could have been anyone's game to win that award. Like, I would have been, I would have been surprised no matter what who won that award. Because of the game that was nominated, like right. Ratchet, I would never think we live in a time where Ratchet and Clank would win Game of the Year at the Game Awards, let alone that's, be nominated. I think and that's here we fair, are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it takes two. Like mm-hmm. I, that's that's exciting to me. Uh, and like it kind of reminds me of, and and not quite to the same extent, mm-hmm. but um, like back back when The Walking Dead. One game of the year, uh, whatever year that was. I think that was 2012, I think. That sounds right. Uh, but I feel like that was a moment where it's like, oh, okay, uh, story can be like the main drive for a game that really speaks to people. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, didn't Journey win game of the year? Yeah, 2011. Um, the year before. And like, I feel like we saw the industry sort of shift. Mm-hmm. And now it's interesting because this is the first year uh, for next gen. Yeah. And we're kind of in like this in-between phase, not just because we're transitioning generations, but because we're transitioning out of a pandemic. And so uh, development on a lot of bigger titles has 
either been delayed or halted completely. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know. I wonder, I wonder if this is emblematic of smaller games getting the spotlight more in the future, mm -hmm. or if these kinds of things have been happening just when we're kind of in like a triple-A drought, so to speak. I think there's a lot to what you said. I also think, so I kind of touched on this last week uh, with the episode where we're at a time where we need to see new IPs. Mm -hmm. We need to see new triple-A IPs. And I think, say we, you know, rewind time 15 years ago, right? Where it was fairly easy to identify what was going to be a brand new triple-A IP, right? Like, it wasn't any surprise when God of War 1 came out on the PS2 that, that was going to be a flagship game. Yeah. Period. But now we live in a time where there are so many different games out there, not only from AAA space, but the AA space to the independent space, right? So you, will con you constantly have new IPs coming out. And we're at a point now, like you said, a drought really, where we're not seeing a lot of big franchises just pump out a sequel. We're seeing new IPs come out, but it's hard to identify what's a new IP going to that AAA space because there's so many indie games out there, either with the same amount of quality or funding or love that go into those games, which is really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. But it, it but but also makes you think like there's just so much. The definition of an indie game is so vastly different. Right? Yeah. I feel like now if someone were to have said Kana, Bridge of Spirits was an indie game in 2011, I'd tell you to shut the fuck up. No, it's not. Yeah, that that would have been a system seller. Yeah, yeah that would have been, and it's like, you can eat shit. No, it's not. That is a triple-A game right there. It's a Honestly, like, thing. If, if, if somebody would have told me that Kano Bridge of Spirits was a first-party, like, in-house developed game mm -hmm. from anyone, I would believe it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. So it, it's just kind of interesting seeing, yeah, how the industry has shifted in so many different ways, and like, I mean, even I used to think that a studio like Quantic Dream, for example, mm -hmm. was kind of an underdog. Yep. Um, and I guess in a sense, back in the day, they were uh, with games like Indigo Prophecy and I mean, even Omicron, Nomad Soul or whatever on PT. But um, now they announced a Star Wars game. And like that hit for that Star Wars game, like, yeah, okay, it's Star Wars, but they ended it with Quantic Dream. Like, yeah. That was the last thing that you saw. That was the thing you saw. Not Star Wars. So you know this is going to be a quality game. It's much like how yeah. Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man on the PS4 was announced, where, yeah, okay, cool, it's a Spider-Man game. And then, but the seller at that point was the fact that it was being developed by Insomniac. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Swinging the big I, mean, games, I, I love it around. when I love it when a trailer opens with the developer name. And then they give you that moment to be like, okay, now I'm listening. Now I'm paying attention. See, I like it. Other way around. I want to see the developer name afterwards. Yeah. Because especially if it's a top tier developer, you're just not expecting it, and they mm -hmm. fucking hit you with it. It's like, oh, okay. I yeah. was an before. Now I am. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I love the way that the video game industry has been maturing, mm -hmm. um, and like a great game can come from anywhere. Like yeah. we saw a new Among Us announcement. We saw a new Rocket League announcement. And these started off as very small games, very small teams, mm. and they kind of just blew up. And now, yeah, they're they're getting turned into these money-making machines. But I think rightfully so. Uh, they they've earned that because they've created genuinely awesome games. And it's just the sp it's the space and the accessibility of being there, right? Like, I mean, 
do you think Rocket League, again, rewinding time, would it be as successful as it is today if it wasn't for the space of being able to be just plastered on everything from every console to mobile with microtransactions? This game, it wouldn't have survived, honestly. Yeah, because you're playing online, sure, but once you bought that initial, let's say, $20, $30 10 years ago, well, we, we have the prime example of that because Rocket League is essentially a sequel uh-huh. to Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars. Exactly. And it's like the same exact game, essentially, and it just was dead on arrival because nobody cared. And yeah, it, the, the, I guess the, the media aspect or the content creator aspect, um, the, the gaming community wasn't quite there to be able to uphold a game like that. I, I genuinely think that if that game were released again, uh, like in, in Rocket League's place, mm-hmm. it would have still been that successful thing because it was still an awesome game back in the day. It's just now that the the industry and the gaming community has kind of just, I don't know, we've turned into this thing where we can take any any stupid thing that we love, not to say Rocket League is stupid, but we can literally take any stupid thing that we love and we can make it, a big deal. We can make it a service. Yeah. It, it is literally what games as service has done for the industry. But there are so many games out there right now. Some of the biggest and best games you can play are a game to service. I mean, hell, you can see this is it's that reason that games like Marvel's Avengers exist, right? No one wanted well, well that's the thing. So <laughs> no one asked for a, a games of service Avengers game, right? They wanted a story-driven action-packed thing, much like Guardians of the Galaxy. But it made sense because everyone wants a game to service. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted that canceled THQ Avengers game. So why would you not take two things that are just hot, white fucking hot, and meld them together? It's it makes and logistically thinking about it, it makes sense. But with that being said, Marvel's Avengers game has kind of flopped. Uh-huh. And I think what we're seeing because of the response to that game. Uh, both with like when it was first revealed and people were kind of like, Oh, I'm really not feeling this yep. all the way to now where it's still kind of flailing and it lost a shit ton of money. Um, the gaming community spoke about what they wanted from these, these characters and these franchises. And now we're seeing so many different superhero stories being turned into story driven experiences, story driven, high quality video games. I, so like we see the, Marvel Spider-Man is the the prime example, yep. but even during the Game Awards, they announced a Wonder Woman game. Yep, that's a big deal. So I, I think I I don't think it's necessarily like it's. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy won Best Narrative. Well, that's the thing. So <laughs> that's and, it's right, amazing. Well, so Square even came out and said like this was by no means this is the game we wanted to do that was not based off of the response to Avengers. Totally makes sense because depending on how long it's been yeah, developed. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but think about the <laughs> development time. Let's say developed Guardians in like. Yeah. Six seven months. They were that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. So excuse but, the jug. But even then, it. it <laughs> geez, I'm just gone. It's fine. Anyway, um, the the biggest thing from that is I think developers are listening to they're not they're there's no longer about the trends. It's not it's not about the trends anymore. It's about listening to your audience. Yeah, it is. Yeah, sure. Games of service. Everyone wants it, but they want it to make sense. Like mm-hmm. putting an Avengers game with games of service doesn't make any fucking sense. Having a story-driven quality superhero game makes sense. Like, I mean, and it's all sparked, I mean, granted fanboy of this, the Arkham games. The Arkham games yeah. set the tone for the biggest superhero games you're seeing out there right now, period. 
Marvel Spider-Man, it's combat system. Damn yeah. near a clone of the Arkham combat, the free flow combat system in the Arkham games. Period. You can't argue it. It's the same thing with Mad Max. It's the same thing with uh, Shadows of War or Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Period. It's going to be the same thing with Monolith developing Wonder Woman. I guarantee you we're going to see it. Marvel's Wolverine, we're going to see it. Because it makes sense. You see, that's another thing that I love about this industry so much is uh, developers are always in communication with their audience. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, they're in communication with one another. And more so in this industry, I think, than... Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just a, a general creative industry thing. But um, I feel like with games, you can see you you can sort of draw the line from one game to the next. You can mm -hmm. see how things, ideas have evolved, mechanics have evolved, and like something like when they were showing um, the uh, that game with the the adorable girl that plays ukulele. Oh. To Chia or whatever, she turned into yep. a lantern. Um, <laughs> drink. She said, "Drink that." Jug. Oh, she said, "Drink, the, drink jug. the jug." All right, I'm drinking the jug. She, this might have been a comment to you drinking it earlier, but now that we're just reading it, you gotta drink the jug. Every time we say "drink that jug," I gotta drink the jug. That don't don't make that a thing. He he'll it's actually it, vodka, and he <laughs> might drown himself. Every time, every time you say "drink the jug," please don't. But anyways, so when they were showing the the new trailer for that game, mm -hmm. you could kind of see elements of so many different games. You could see Breath of the Wild in there. You could see The Last of Us with the guitar mechanics and things mm -hmm. like that. A little game called Everything that I love where you can transform into anything and everything. She turned into a lantern. Uh, and like, blew up. And blew up. <laughs> she told no, she exploded. exploded. She exploded. Uh, <laughs> As a fucking, I didn't know lanterns exploded like that, but here we are. Yeah, <laughs> she fucking just... <laughs> Speaking of explosions, there were a lot of bodies that just were obliterated. Yeah, uh, a whole lot of sniper shots. Like, there was a scene in Death Loop where this, this man super kicked this motherfucker off of a building. And this body is still, it's flying. Somehow, the character had enough time to pull out a sniper rifle, aim, and then pick this guy, and then boom, done. Like, it wasn't sold enough that he was kicked off the building and to explode from a sniper rifle. We need, like, a body count counter. Yeah. And we then need... in fucking Saints Row. Yeah, and in Saints Row, there were exploding bodies. And even in the, what was it called? The Rum Rumble Rumbleverse? Yeah, Rumbleverse. Uh, in Rumbleverse, there were a few pretty brutal mm -hmm. hits in there. But, uh... Yeah, this was this was an interesting show, and I think it was full of interesting surprises. Uh, as far as like winners go, mm -hmm. I think it takes two definitely takes the takes cake, the cake as, <laughs> as the biggest surprise. Yeah, um, but it wasn't a surprise, but a surprise, a, a very welcome surprise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and then I was very surprised that Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy won Best Narrative. Um, like I kind of wanted it to, but I I would have never expected it to. Yeah. And another one that really surprised me was Returnal. Yeah, yeah. Winning, what was it, Best, Best Action? action. Uh -huh. That, I would not have guessed that I think, that would have happened. So I think we saw a transition in a lot of things this year. I think one, when it came to the voting. I think they cleaned up some of the categories. Like, for instance, we mentioned last week there was no Studio of the Year award. Why? Because it makes no fucking sense. Because Studio of the Year is going to win Game of the Year. Otherwise, I'm really confused as to how the fuck you were Studio of the Year when you didn't make the best game of the year. But we saw that, and I think we saw a clear definition of what the categories were. So yeah. if we look at this bare bones, right, Returnal makes sense making best action game because it's literally the definition of nonstop action to where the game literally didn't have a save point. 
Right. Like, so it, it makes sense. It won best action. Cause it's like by definition, nonstop. Okay. Uh, well, they did, they did update it. So now it does stop. It does. It, uh, you, once. You, you get a break. You can get it a break. Once. But that's the thing. I think we saw that with more of these games, best family game. It takes two. Why? Cause it's a game quite literally about family. It's not about, yeah. Can your family join in? Oh, is it something appropriate for the family? It's no. The game's about family. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Yep. So I, for one, will probably lose this bet this year because I was basing off of last year's judging where it's like extremely nuanced. But this year's like, no, we mean best action game. No, we mean yeah, best I'm, family game. I'm excited to tally up the thing. So uh, we haven't tallied up uh, our predictions yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably just do that off stream. And then in the next episode, we'll just announce who who owes who beer, but uh, I hope that I get beer this time. I have a feeling you will. I have a feeling uh, you will. I do too. I, and I I would not have guessed. <laughs> I'm very bad at predicting these kinds of things, mm-hmm. but I don't know. The, the little guys came out on top this time. Yeah, I, I think another thing was you saw a different kind, another aspect of a different kind of show is just like some of the announcements yeah. that we got. They weren't I can't think of anything bombastic where I just got out of my seat. Like, holy shit, right? And I, that's weird. It's kind of... Well, I started to say holy shit when I saw the um, freaking... When I saw Silent Hill, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Here it is. Because we've heard so many rumors, and I was, like, dead set that there was going to be some kind of Silent Hill announcement during the Game Awards. I was wrong. Yep. But... We got the next best thing. The original creator of Silent Hill, the composer for Silent Hill, Dream Team, making some weird game with vagina mouths. It's all about the vagina mouth. Mm. Any hooser, yeah. So the announcements this year were pretty tame. Not bad, but tame. We didn't see any big announcements. We didn't see any big first-party exclusives. We didn't see any flagships, right? I mean, hell, even then, we didn't see a lot of Games that are coming that we already know about. We didn't get a new bombastic trailer that really sold anything outside of maybe Elden Ring and Horizon 2. Yeah. But that's it. Even the Horizon 2 trailer was very small and short. Same thing with Elden Ring. It was it was a different, it was a very different kind of show. Um it still had that it still had the love you feel from like Jeff Keely is a good time. Does a good job of uh, showing and emphasizing that the show is about appreciating games and what they are and what they do. It's not about beating the. I audience. always expect him to cry. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, whenever he gets that like big cheeky smile uh-huh. and his eyes twinkle, he's a kid. I, on I Christmas. seriously think he's gonna cry. He is a kid on Christmas every time he does a show. I think the closest he got to crying is when the Muppets were on stage. I mean, I could believe honestly. It. Yeah, I could believe it. I but, was hoping that they'd be back. Jesus. I, chef I think chef. that's another thing was like everything was scaled. Granted, last year's show was all virtual, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's because we were still trying to learn and navigate COVID at that time, especially when he was getting the show produced and everything. Yes. He's Keely takes a lot of time making this show. It's not something he just does in a month. He's working on it for the majority of all goddamn year. On top of figuring out um how to navigate Summer Games Fest and then uh, Gamescom or on live uh, or one night. What's that? What's the name of it called for Gamescom? He did. Uh, it's the abbreviations ONL. 
I want to say it's One Night Live, but I don't think that's it. I don't know. I don't know. Someone exactly. can find I it out. Was, I thought it was like Summer of Games. That's a Summer of Games, but then Gamescom is in the fall. Oh. Well, then I have no yeah. idea. Yeah. So Summer Games Fest will be his next thing. But anyway, he's literally working all this stuff year-round. There's nonstop. He's already got to get ready for next year's Game Awards with the set producing all this stuff. So when you think about him navigating the last year's show, like, of course, he went strictly all virtual because he had no idea what the fuck he could and couldn't do. Yeah. This year he had more of a guideline and that guideline really made him scale it back because he knew who he could have, who he couldn't have, who would come, who wouldn't come and who had games ready for the most part. Really? Again, this is the year we're seeing the biggest impact on what games are being developed. And we're going to see that rolling into early 2022. Um, Honestly though, like I like, and I don't think this is a controversial opinion. Mm -hmm. I like the game awards so much better when they're in, the theater like when they're there on the stage yes and there's like the energy of everybody in the same place mm-hmm. it just feels so much different i i really don't like the whole like i don't know the awkward transitions of, and there's still some awkward cringy moments that, with any live thing yeah uh but i don't know i felt like the digital game awards from last year was just like weird and there were like the canned applauses Mm. And stuff like that. I don't know. I I like the energy of when people are together. And I, I understand though why it happened the way that it did last year. Mm-hmm. But it's just so much better when they're all together and uh, when there's the actual live performances on stage instead of like recorded awkwardly in some separate room, some studio. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, Even then, I feel like we didn't get that. Uh, that same energy though, because if you saw a crowd, it was one. Well, it was a small, limited amount of people. I think that actually could go. Yeah, I feel like it was basically just industry people and, and even, then a section. And even then, they were spaced out. You know, social distancing and everything like yeah. that. They were spaced out, so there's a very, very finite number of seats available. So honestly, for me, I kind of would have preferred them just going virtual again this year because it just sounds like. While I love the atmosphere of a big, I love a big show. I love a big fucking show. I love WrestleMania. I don't give a fuck about football, but I'll tune into the Super Bowl just to see the big, you know, aha moments. Mm-hmm. I, I love that shit. So it kind of pains me seeing this massive arena and stadium for this massive show, and so little people are there. It it takes away from it. I, I'm okay with being it strictly virtual because I mean, think about it. I still get just as hyped for a big PlayStation uh, uh, state of play. I still get yeah, just as much hype from a Nintendo Direct. Knowing it's all virtual, but it's because I go in that expectation. I feel like so, that's a, a little bit different, though, because like the Game Awards is first and foremost the Game Awards. Yes, like it's not the you know you're gonna get a huge announcement. Yeah, show. So like having the energy of the people actually physically there makes the award that much more. Well, that's what I mean. Exciting. So I, I think it felt weird knowing there weren't as many people mm-hmm. as there has been in the past. So that same energy was, yeah, okay, it's cool. The setting's there. Energy was super low. That's only because the limited capacity. So it makes me feel like if I had gone and expecting an all-virtual show, I would have been, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, my hype is still there. I'm still excited to see this. And it's a different kind of hype, knowing that it's all-virtual. Now I'm hearing, oh, live show, everyone's back in person, especially with how much they hyped it up. Mm -hmm. Going into it and seeing, like, oh, 
I you shouldn't just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Sorry, go like, home, guys. Like, just stay home. I get the same amount of excitement. It's okay. I understand the idea and wanting to be out in public and change that atmosphere. But when you change that atmosphere and bring back the old atmosphere, I'm expecting a bombastic set. I'm not gonna get that when there's only 20 people in the crowd. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I wanna I wanna get into some of the the nitty gritty. All right, let's do it. Um, so it seems like some people are sharing some of their favorite moments. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone wants to share more of their favorite moments or favorite announcements, then you can go ahead and put them into the chat. But I'm just going to go ahead and highlight Cheesy Junkbot. <laughs> I love the name. Um, Elden Ring cannot come soon enough, they say. Um, and Trip, game. Trip Fantasy also says, I cannot fucking wait for Elden Ring. And yeah, I so I'm not like super stoked about Elden Ring just because I'm not a big Souls fan, but mm -hmm. the art direction for that game, holy shit. It is beautiful. When that creature had the hair that opened up like a flower, oh my god. Fucking Pop Friend? And, and Pop Friend. Pop Friend! Pop Friend was great. I want a Pop Friend. Like, you do have a Pop Friend. I do have several Pop Friends, actually. <laughs> technically. But, but yeah. Um, also, so Imagine McNamee said the live orchestra was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. The live orchestra. Can we give a specific shout yeah. out to the flute player, the flutist? You guys had to have seen the flute guy. Mm -hmm. Like he was the first opening performance, and he performed. It was with what were they showing off? It wasn't when Sting was performing. It was right after that. Oh, what was the Horizon? They were doing Horizon. Yeah, it was the Horizon trailer. Yeah, and you see this band with the flute. With the massive fro, and he's fucking getting into it. The, the singer comes out with this beautiful red dress, and she's like, "Oh, the spotlight's on me!" And the camera goes immediately to Flute Guy because Flute Man is fucking because he's like, honestly. and at one point, <laughs> literally stops playing the flute and just starts, and uh, and then takes back the flute. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? But man, he's he an absolute hero. And I was really disappointed he wasn't out there with the rest of the orchestra eating the performance. Yeah, mean, granted, if they didn't need a flute. Like, he was probably part of the actual team doing the music for Horizon then. Maybe. Maybe that's why he wasn't part of the video game orchestra. No, I think it's the video game awards orchestra. I think that orchestra is huge because every time they had people out there for each performance, it was a different set of people. Oh, okay. And I and I get that because you don't want to overwork them. Also, you know, and different instruments. The Cuphead music was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I like, I like Cuphead. I've seen that. Um, but yeah. How do I get this to? There we go. Uh, what was your favorite thing? Hmm, that's hard. Honestly, I, I didn't. Like I said, I didn't. There wasn't a big bombastic thing for me that stood out. Yeah, it was just a fun experience. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I really can't think of my favorite moment from tonight. Well, you can you can put some highlights. I mean, I like seeing more Forspoken. That's always good. I appreciate yeah. seeing that. Um, Saints Row. I've never cared about Saints Row or Grand Theft Auto a day in my life, but this new Saints Row game looks sick. Yeah, that looked great. Like, I am all fucking for All it. of the movement, lots of kicks to the balls. Uh, and then if I get to snipe someone in the head and they just fucking poof, I'm, I'm here for it. And you can wear a taco. You can be a taco. You can be an ice cream man. Like an ice, like a legitimate ice cream cone, not the ice cream man delivering, you know, ice cream to an ice cream kids. man. Yeah, but you, the man of ice, man. I, I was gonna say man cream, but that doesn't work. No nope. man cream. Actually, I, 
I had forgotten about this. Um, but Trip Fantasy says the new Hellblade. But yeah, I totally. That's how the show opened. Yeah, was the new Hellblade, and that was all in-game gameplay, and it looked striking. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely gorgeous. Pretty awesome. Two bats and on PlayStation. Look at them bones. <laughs> X bones. The bones. <laughs> Dim bones, dim bones. And Imagine McNamee says the Steel game seemed cool. I like the concept of like steampunk meets iRobot. She's wrong kind um, of meets. That was, what was that called? Steel Rising. Wait, which Steel? Are we talking about the, the soldier game where the giant mechs are kind of falling from the sky that we appreciated? Or are no, we the, about um, the, uh, the like Prince Poppycock and the George Washington wigs. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah with yeah, the yeah. mechanical things. Anyways, yeah, that looks really cool. Trip Fantasy. Dune RTS, yeah, I uh, I was surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, to see that honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I never expected a Dune. Yes and no. I, I feel like Steel Rising. There we go. Thank you, Imagine Magic. There you go. Steel Rising. Um, but I don't know. I, the Dune thing. I like the idea of Dune. Right? Dune is cool. It's fun to see you get out there. I have a feeling it's gonna get this treatment after this movie came out, where it's gonna be fucking plastered everywhere, and I'm gonna get sick of it. Sorry, it's it's something that's fun and enjoyable. It does not need to be I treated. Feel like, I feel like Dune is still like kind of like culty enough. That's a weird way to put that. I I feel like it's it's niche enough to where it's not going to be blasted everywhere. Well, see, I I, that, I always feel the same way. If it wasn't for the movie coming out a month ago, and now we have an RTS game coming out. Yeah, but that must have been in development for a hot second. It had to have been, but that's what tells me that's that's where the problem lies, is franchises like that. For me, I feel like if someone's got the balls enough to say, hey, we're going to make a movie or something, we want a game to come out a month later, that means they're already they're expecting this shit to just, flop, just fly. Yeah. And they've probably invested money in other avenues outside of just that one other form of media. Mm -hmm. So like, even outside of this, that game, I guarantee you there's more shit coming that's Dune related. That's not the books or the movies. Mm -hmm. And I just, that's going to drain it for me because it shouldn't be that way. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Trip Fantasy says, I'm just tired of every sci-fi thing being superhero or Star Wars. Give me some fucking variety. How about Forspoken? Yeah. That's different. I, I think it's you're fantasy, see, but still, I think you're gonna see more new IPs and new and types. There of was players. actually there was a shit ton of sci-fi. Yeah, there were a lot that of sci-fi games not too. connected to any big franchise. Like for example, uh, one of my highlights actually was closer to the end, um, a new uh, game by Nexon. Yeah, let's see. Uh, was it mentioned? Arc Arc Raiders. Yeah. Arc Raiders. Yeah. That looked gorgeous. Mm -hmm. It's Nexon, which, if I'm remembering correctly, and I could be totally wrong, but is, aren't those the people who developed Ma Mabinogi? Let's take a look. Back in the day? Uh, and that's coming to Next Gen, obviously PC. But that looked freaking beautiful. Uh, Trip Fantasy confirmed, yes. Yeah, Maple Story, uh, Crazy Racing, Cart Rider, Mabinogi. Yeah, but that, that looked amazing. Mm -hmm. It looked, uh, the visuals were astounding. And I don't know if that was pre-rendered, but it looked like it wasn't. It looked like a compilation of different gameplay or, you know, something in engine. But, uh, yeah, Cheesy Junkbot uh, also said Arc Raiders was new for me. That looked pretty nice. That, I, I just, I really dug the style of it. It, it didn't, it didn't blend in with all of the other kind of 
oh, this is a multiplayer thing uh, where people are in a shared world and mm -hmm. sci-fi. It, I don't know, something about it stood out, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Uh, but when I saw Nexon at the end of it, I was like, holy shit, because I think this is their first um, console multiplayer game. I could be wrong. Is Maple Story on consoles, or is it strictly PC? I don't know. Let's see. They did FIFA Online 4, which I well, that doesn't it's not here. Uh, yeah, Maple Story was out in 2003, so I doubt it was on consoles. But, uh, but yeah, that I think that might be my favorite announcement. Yeah, from uh, from the Game Awards. But I think my my favorite highlight was I feel like watching the Game Awards, and this is probably true every year, but even more so than the last. Mm -hmm. um, I love that the video game industry is as diverse as it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I absolutely love it. I I feel like in other, like, award ceremonies or in other industries, you don't see as many, um, not just minorities, but, um, like, you don't see as many different people um, or quirky people or... Uh, there's not much representation. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, as you see at, like, in the video game industry, but also at the Game Awards specifically. Mm -hmm. um, like, we saw uh, Pot Friend. Pot Friend? <laughs> uh, who, I can guarantee you've never seen Pot Friend anywhere else. Uh, but also, like, we've, we had, you know, transgender individuals up on stage um proudly wearing like their their trans pride mm -hmm. badge and things like that and that's really cool and instead of just like saying hey we support this they have them there on stage mm -hmm. you know they give them the microphone or uh, we celebrate um accessibility in games and in our industry and every other video or trailer or whatever was celebrating people from all kinds of different backgrounds uh, I just, I think that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and I think that the diversity in the, the creators that we celebrate is directly refre reflected in the diversity in the content that we have access to as well. Um, like, there are so many different kinds of games, so many different kinds of stories, and so many different kinds of people making them. And I, I just love... I love being able to experience this industry and this media, and I, I just fucking love it, love it. But yeah, that's that's my highlight, I guess. All right, and also Arc Raiders. You know, it also looks really good, and I totally forgot about it. What was that Matrix uh, experience? Matrix Awakens? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Five? Holy shit, man! I'm going to download it like immediately when I get home. I think I added it to my library earlier today. I can I download it now. Yeah, go ahead. What the fuck are you doing? I'm doing that now. At their mobile app, you know what I mean? All right. Yeah, so add it there. And yeah, it's free to download if you didn't, but like, I mean, so everything we saw in that, those were scenes from the first movie recreated in um, an Unreal Engine 5. Uh, so that's really cool to see the power of what that can do. And then not alone, we can now experience and play it. Um, something else I, I noticed, I, I guess it's kind of nice that it wasn't there, but different that it wasn't. It was the Fortnite Chapter 3 thing that happened. So that's coming with a big improvement of that is the first Fortnite iteration that'll just be ran natively with Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, so you the, mentioned that. Yeah, so the fact that it was yeah. talked about, 
different. I kind of like the fact that it wasn't. Like, Fortnite can speed over the head enough where we know yeah. if you want to know what's going on with Fortnite, you probably already play Fortnite. And I feel like but a lot of people who play Fortnite don't give don't, a fuck what engine it's in. As long as <laughs> the game works, it works. Yeah. But it's just interesting that wasn't talked about. I think... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was. I, I know I said it at least a million times already. It was a different kind of show this year. Different kind of show. Um, part of me enjoyed just the lots and lots of variety we got. Other parts of me missed the you know the big hitters, mm-hmm. the, the big stuff. Well, I mean, also, I think they're coming. Oh, they definitely are. So. You know, there's still a lot to be excited about, and there's still a lot of questions in terms of what's what's going to happen. <clears throat> and there are still the rumors that existed before the game awards are also still rumors that exist. Do you think? Do you think the fact that big names like big console manufacturers, so um, Xbox, Nintendo, PlayStation. Do you think by them having a more transparent, direct communication to their fans outside of big mediums like E3, uh, opening night live, that's what that Gamescom thing is. Opening night Opening night, night live, because it's always on the opening. Yeah, opening night live, Summer Games Desk. Do you think because they don't need to use that platform, right, because it's all done through YouTube, Twitch, whatever, um, and they can just put their shit out and say, hey, we're doing this thing. Do you think that is going to take more over time away from those big announcements at the third party shows. So for instance, we've already seen it like last week we asked the PlayStation have a presence, like a big presence at the game awards. And I said no. Because we've seen it where everything they've announced that's big in the last years has been announced by them. Yeah. Like whereas I think and even with Xbox, the last thing they did, surprisingly enough, was announced the Xbox Series X at the Game Awards. Well, and um, then and then I said yes, but it'll be second party. And even then, I, I feel like, well, but I mean, first of all, there was a Horizon presence, yeah, with music, so that was like a whole section. Um, but then also we had Forspoken, mm-hmm. and um, there was also hold on, what was another one? No, the Star Wars thing is Quantic Dream. Mm-hmm. I have to get out of the mindset. I'm so used to Quantic Dream being. Uh, well, I mean, so my, my thing, my thing is this: is like, but still, like Forspoken and Horizon were there. Um, well, hold on, because we're getting away from the, my 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 question. Is do you think we'll see less like moving forward? Yes, because um, even now we didn't see God of War. We didn't see more Spider Man. We didn't see Wolverine. Like yeah. this could have been a total perfect time for them to drop something like that, right? And then historically in the past, they would have. And I think, I, mean, I think the more transparent and more direct communication that these people have with their fan bases, personally, I think, yeah, we're going to see less. If not less, we're going to see updates on things they've already initially announced themselves. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see tra- trailers for games we already know. We're not going to hear a big, like, a reveal. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree uh, when it comes to first party, but I still think that second party can still shine at the Game Awards. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. And I think that we'll still see, like, a second-party exclusive, like, in the future potentially be announced. I I just think that this just gives more room for other people to shine uh, because, frankly, 
PlayStation doesn't need the Game Awards right. to make an announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, Nintendo doesn't need the Game Awards to make an announcement. Mm-hmm. Microsoft... They don't. Yeah, Microsoft they, doesn't. If they, create their, if they create their own platform, they could. And they're, they're getting there. They're, I think they're trying to figure yeah. out how they want to go about it. Um, oh, also, shout out to Microsoft. They were just giving away games. Uh, like, yeah. In the beginning, they would just like flash a shit ton of redeemable codes... And they had the new thing talking about Game Pass and talking about games launching uh, for free. They uh, announced a list of games that weren't even revealed uh, that were just going to be free day one on Game Pass. And then they had even more codes flash up on the screen for people to redeem. So shout out to them giving away the free stuff. They know how to talk to gamers. Uh, We are cheap bastards who just want to play a shit ton of games for the least amount of money. It's real. It's very real. It's real. Please support the show at mtfproductions.com slash donate <laughs> so that we can buy more games. And it's not what those <laughs> funds go for. It is not. It is, it is not. not. It goes towards improving the, the show. Um, actually, uh, this service that we're using right now to stream and have like the banners and stuff, uh, it's the free version, which is why there's a duck in the corner. Oh, I have to. There it is. That's why there's the Get duck in the corner. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, when you donate, uh, it's going to... First and foremost, immediately go towards getting rid of that fucking duck. Duck. That's the number one goal. Mm-hmm. But that also allows us to stream to multiple platforms simultaneously. It allows us to do a lot more fancier things and make the show a little bit more fun and interesting and interactive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, any other final thoughts? No, I, I think it was a good show. Different show. Good show. Um other than that, I mean, you guys, this has been Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast. Thank you for joining us in the chat during the Game Awards, and thank you for joining the show, at our post-show afterwards. Um, there will be no new episode tomorrow. This is taking place of it. Um, we'll have another episode next week at 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, with whatever news yeah. happens and falls out from this week. Outside of that, be sure to go over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate to, again, contribute anything as little as a dollar to help the show grow and provide benefits. Again, we can upgrade to the premium version of StreamYard to add more things like a new intro, better looking banners, all sorts of good stuff. Um, tell your friends, you know, watch the show, shoot it out there, put it on the Twitterverse. Um, you need to get a Twitter page for this going. Yeah, I need to... You've done a lot of things that are over-the-top work-wise and skipped all the other basic needs. Yeah, well, listen, I... I'm a man of very specific knowledges, expertise, skills. I don't. I, I you. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even say that. I mean, you're saying specific skill sets, but you just need to reset your password. Yeah, I just. That is very much. You've used the same email for the last twenty years. You just need to reset your password. Don't you don't put that on the lines of that. I don't, I don't want people to know that uh, my accounts are easily hackable. Actually, they're they're. No, no, I've been getting better about that. Uh, but make a damn Twitter, because then we can tweet yeah. the show and say when we're live. Yeah, people can yeah, join okay. us in questions. All right, okay, all right. Okay. We're talking about interactivity. All right, we got we got a list of things. Okay, by next week, I'm everyone. You heard it here. Stephen Morrow will have Jesus a Christ. Twitter page for Dual Senses. Dual Senses specific. Yeah, Dual Senses specific. How many Twitters can you have under one email? You can have multiple profiles. I could make one right now if I wanted to under the Twitter user I have. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know you could have multiple things. I think you can. I think you can. 
If not, I mean, you just, if not, and I do have um, a more than friends account, but I just haven't used it in a very long time. But even then, you could just do it on that. But I think having something, personally for me, I think having something specific makes it easier to find content specific towards that thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, no one's searching, like, oh, I want to look at my PlayStation news. Let me type in more than friends and see what comes up. Yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah, that's fair. Not quite yet. We're not that big. Not yet. Next year. Yeah, once we get that big, then it makes sense. Once we right hit now. January. 2022. January 1st. We're going to be riding with the big boys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, I need to press buttons. Hold on, I wasn't ready. Boy! I was like, <laughs> I'm so used to doing the audio. I was like, all right, then we just click and it's done. No, I got to do fucking, I, uh, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Did anyone catch the Death Stranding reference in the new Guillermo del Toro film? Just throwing that out there. There was a baby in a jar. <laughs> what? What am I fucking doing? I don't know what you're doing either. Close I'm, look, show, I'm looking for the button. Close out the show, Where's the button? That's the wrong button. Jesus Christ. Where did it go? There it is. Okay. All right. I love you all. Bye. See ya.